I'll keep this nice and quick because this is a very long episode. Um, a really enjoyable episode with Annie Walter, who is a graphic designer from based in Melbourne. Um, if you're Australian, you've probably seen a shit ton of her artwork on shirts, albums, records, seven inches, tour posters, the whole gamut. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic, like fantastic conversation, and you should just get into it. Let's do it. Let's not muck around. Uh, Annie Walter, ladies and gentlemen, kill. All right, thanks for listening. Episode 15, uh, we've got one of the greatest, well, you know, greatest current Australian artists uh, doing art for bands all over the world, as it turns out, um, Miss Annie Walter. Hi. What's happening? Not much. At home. <laughs> You're at home, hanging out this Wednesday night? Yep. Kill. Cool. I mean, um, it's Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday night. It is too. <laughs> it's been a long week already. It's been a very long week. Let's jump in head first. Um, yep. Basically, what were your parents listening to? Yeah, when they were kind of younger uh, and having you. Um, so we moved around a lot when I was growing up. Um, I was actually born in Sudan. Um, my parents were English teachers at a refugee camp in Sudan. And I was, they worked there for a few years and I was born while they were working there. So when we moved back to Australia, um, we were living in Sydney and my parents had their old record player. But when we moved, we moved around like once a year pretty much, depending on uh, either one of my parents' jobs, like they would kind of take us to different places. So when we didn't live in, in Sydney, we didn't have, much music but when we lived in Sydney I uh, remember that my mom really enjoyed folk music okay. so like, uh, like the Carpenters and uh, Simon Garfunkel and Cat Stevens and things like that and my dad was sort of more into like like the Clash and Pink Floyd and uh, he really liked Dex- Dexie's Midnight Runners and yeah, yeah. like that kind of stuff um and yeah so that's kind of what I heard that was like my first exposure to music so when when you were moving around yeah um when like were you moving around Sydney or you kind of like did you get based in Sydney and then move around suburbs or what happened when you came to Australia um we moved between Sydney and country towns so my dad worked for um universities and I don't really know exactly what his job was, but he, yeah, <laughs> as a kid, I don't know, I never asked. <laughs> yep, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but we, um, we'd we moved to different university towns. So, like, we'd moved to Bathurst for a year, then moved back to Sydney, then we moved to Orange for a year, then moved back to Sydney. We lived in, like, a small town called Portland, but the New South Wales Portland, not the Victoria Portland, and it's really tiny and I wouldn't expect anyone to know. It. Where's the New South Wales Portland? Uh, it's, like, just outside of Lithgow. Okay. It's really small. Like, it's, like, um, I don't know, like 500 people or something. Like, it's really tiny. Yeah. And, I don't know, we just moved to a lot of, like, New South Wales country towns and then back to Sydney and kind of, yeah, like every year kind of alternated between Sydney and somewhere else. When we didn't live in Sydney, we kind of just like mostly just had like a radio and listened to the radio a lot. <laughs> when you came back to Sydney, were you moving to the same area or were you just? Yeah, my um, my 
granddad, uh, he was like, um, he'd like built up a bunch of apartments all over Sydney. So we kind of moved back into the same apartment block every time we came to Sydney. Cause it was like, if there was an apartment free, we'd take it. And yep, I guess like, I guess my mom would just like contact like my, her parents and just be like, Oh, we're moving back. And so if anything com- becomes free in the next like three months, like let us know. But yeah. So we always lived in the same apartment block, but not necessarily the same apartment. Does that mean, so you're born in Sudan. Are you, um, are you an only child or? Yeah, I'm an only child. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. I don't know. I've never had any sisters. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, so let's talk, let's head first in the first song. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, so my first song is one that um, I remember a lot from my childhood, from my mom mostly, but Cass Stevens' Wild World. Oh, fantastic song. Yeah, I love that song. So what else, what else was there that kind of, you, you mentioned Cat Stevens, um, the Carpenters and that kind of jazz. You've gone for your mum's side of music. Was Did that appeal to you more than what your dad was listening to? was younger and I probably heard it more when I was younger so both of my parents played um guitar and piano oh wow and my parents are massive hippies (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so we had uh like sing-alongs every night not every night but like a lot of nights and basically like sit around and sing songs and like a lot of them were Cat Stevens songs that's so good Um, (laughs) yeah well it definitely got me like really into music so yeah I guess it was like really good I kind of feel like it's a bit dorky but I actually really like that it happened (laughs) oh no it's fantastic that's unreal yeah did this get a lot of plays yes this did it's got a lot of plays it was like one of definitely one of the favorites and it's one that's like really stuck with me and yeah I love this song every time I hear it yeah, and then I was because I was gonna. It's it's odd you well not odd you picked the song. I think it's fantastic you picked this song. But when you were rattling off the bands before, I was just I was thinking to myself, yeah. So like you grew up listening to what the me first me first and the gimme gimme's cover now. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I've never thought about that, but that's so true. <laughs> well, that's probably why I like them. Then. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, look, they're they're the world's best party band. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, so, cool. Okay, Cat Stevens, Wild World. Let's listen. Don't be a bad girl, but if you want to 
such a hell of a song isn't it yeah it's so good i like yeah i love all cat stevens so my boyfriend he does like um he works for like a show show freight which is like okay yeah, yeah. take music equipment around and cat stevens recently tour and i didn't know but his company was doing the freight for it and he was like oh, i can probably yeah and i was like he said he could probably get tickets but it didn't happen in the end but i was like so keen because i've never seen him live it would be amazing <laughs> Did, is he like do you reckon he'd be one of those artists that would be pretty true to how the song was written and performed like back in the day as opposed to like a Bob Dylan? Yeah, like I feel like there's not like much. It's just it's pretty basic. Like I feel like you can't change it too much. Yeah, like I feel like it would sound pretty much the same live. But Yeah, and, like without sounding too morbid, I reckon that like – I have a feeling that he'll be the, one of those people that hit when he, you know, if and when he passes away, well, like I'll be like, I should have gone and seen him. Um, I'm sure you will too. Just like, like next next time he comes out, you've got to go. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely going to be one of those moments. Yeah. Like I wish I went to like Prince's last tour because so many of my friends went. I would have loved to have gone, but the tickets were really expensive. But like, was that the Opera House shows? Was it at the Opera House? I can't remember where it was i was in sydney at the time so like i don't know wherever the show was in sydney. yeah he he just announced he announced like one day it was like i'm coming to the opera house and it was like a week later oh really i didn't realize that but i just remember like friends being like i'm buying tickets and like i looked at tickets and like they were like like insane so yeah i remember they're like 400 bucks or something yeah exactly oh and i can't i can't afford that yeah can't do that <laughs> and then what are you gonna do it's all over now Okay, so you grew up in um, you grew up in Sydney. Well, Sydney, and then yeah. well, like everywhere, but Sydney. Yeah, everywhere. Okay, so how like you're a bit younger than I. How um, how were you getting into music from a really early age? Like, um, how were you experiencing? You said you had a record player and that kind of thing. Well, my parents had a record player, yeah, um, but because we moved around so much it eventually kind of disappeared so by the time I was probably eight we didn't have it anymore maybe nine or something we didn't have it anymore um and like kind of between the ages of like maybe like nine and 12 I didn't really have much as much exposure to music I was kind of listening to the radio or listening to like what friends listen to I still enjoyed music but I didn't really have any way of I guess being exposed to like new things that and then like hearing them again and again and because we like I said my parents were massive hippies so we didn't have any sort of like 
CD players or anything like that in the house. Um, but yeah, it's like I didn't have much exposure and yeah, I think most of the music I listened to between those years was probably just like things that friends were listening to that I was like, Oh, I guess this is all right. (laughs) It was kind of like my years of like less caring about music. I suppose it was mostly pop music. I reckon that I heard. So like I had friends that would listen to like Mariah Carey and like Savage Garden and um, Spice Girls and I don't know, things like that. And that was kind of what I was hearing around then. And I just, yeah, like I didn't have a massive connection to any of it, but I didn't dislike it or anything. I still liked it. Yeah. So did you, were you still moving around when you were kind of like, were you, like when did you get the, the stability is not the word I want to use, but when did you kind of... <laughs> in one place yeah same one place when did that kind of finish uh probably not till i was 13 so um, okay right so i think i did like year six in bathurst and then in year seven we moved to morocco oh sorry we moved to egypt and then to morocco and i did a year of high school in i did my first year of high school in morocco and then we moved back to sydney and that's when we like that's when we stopped and didn't move anymore. And so that's kind of like so from year I guess like eight onwards, I was in Sydney the whole time. And that's sort of when I like that's kind of when I really got back into music and like kind of like like dived in. Um but yeah, like before that it was yeah, like I said, and like it was kind of weird as well, like living overseas and and they were a bit behind with music and you'd go like buy like bootleg tapes from the convenience store and that's kind of how I like heard music when I was living in Morocco and like I had like the Men in Black soundtrack. (laughs) Okay yeah well because it was just it was just available. Yeah I kind of just listened to what I could get my hands on that like I guess that was English that like I could understand the lyrics to and sing along with. And so like I had some really weird stuff. <laughs> what else was on the Men in Black soundtrack besides um, the Men in Black song? I don't really, re- I don't really remember, but I do remember that I really liked it. So it, it can't be that bad, but yeah, I do remember really liking that. And yeah. uh, my mom liked it as well. Cause like we went and saw the movie together like the year before that. And yeah. Like, it was just, like, fun and silly and, like, I was the right age for that kind of movie. Um, I, I, no, look, the movie's sick. I threw it on the other day. It just came up in, like, a Netflix suggested thing and I was like, yeah, I could watch this. Like, it's, it's, they're really well done, those movies. Yeah, no, they are. They're, they're just fun and, like, I like Will Smith as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Will Smith. Yeah, he's charming and... Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Did did Will Smith did the um Fresh Prince stuff ever cr- come across your radar? Not did until you... I was in high school. Like like I said, like my family were really big hippies, so I didn't have a TV growing up. So I was really like isolated as far as um yeah, as far as all that stuff was, I was like really isolated. I didn't really know much about that until I was in high school and when I was in high school, I actually got a job in a video store and that kind of just like caught me up, like in the matter of like six months, I was like completely caught up on everything. That's not really, but, just like a crash yeah. course in pop culture. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> okay, so let's pick a song. What have you got? So I'm going to pick um, Mariah Carey's Honey because my best friend during these years in Sydney, she loved Mariah Carey and it's probably the thing that I heard the most and that I probably appreciated the most and that I could still look back at and somewhat enjoy. Like I think Mariah Carey is pretty amazing, so yeah. Yeah. So what else? What else did you say could have been on this? There was Mariah Carey, uh, like Men in Black, or Savage Garden, <laughs> um, Spice Girls. It was mostly just like pop music. Oh, probably Kylie Minogue as well in there. Um, yeah, it was just mostly pop stuff and stuff that I probably don't not that into anymore. But at the time, I really enjoyed. What Kylie Minogue stuff was it? Was it um like did you hear earlier stuff or like was it new stuff she was releasing or? Like, a, like, I think it's when she started doing songs again. So, like, I know she had not, like, locomotion era. Like, she came back and started doing songs as more of an adult. Like, it would have been those songs. Yeah, like, Can't Get You Out of My Head. And stuff. Yeah, like that, like that stuff. And, like, I, I like Kylie Minogue. She's short and I'm short, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I read in an interview, like, I was just, before we um started this, I read in an interview and I thought it was a fantastic quote that said, um that you did, sorry, that said, you've you've got the height and comic book collection of a nine year old. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so let's so comic books. When did you? How did you get into that? Like we from a- something that I didn't develop until I was like late teens. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually not sure. Oh no, I do know. Um, the Batman animated series. I loved it so much, and like being an illustrator, like the art was so exciting to me. Like it was really like it just seemed different to what other people were doing and um like I really loved the style and I liked I liked the writing as well the writing in that animated series was amazing and like it really like I still watch that I have it on dvd and I still watch it because I like I love it so when did that come out um that must have come out like a age like early mid 90s early 90s like it came out quite a while ago because I remember watching it like on like the when I say with my grandmother, like there'd be like the Sunday afternoon cartoons or Sunday morning cartoons. I remember being on those, but yeah, like I think that's what sort of got me interested in the idea of comics and like sort of exposed me to them. And then as I like, I guess as a teenager, I started going to comic book stores and like buying stuff and yeah. And I got more, I just kind of like stopped with stop being as interested in it for a while. But then I think probably like, so maybe like fast forward 10 years and I was like 25 and then I started getting really into it again. <laughs> and like going back and like buying all these comics and just like borrowing comics off friends and loving it. You've got the disposable income, I guess, so you can kind yeah, of... Yeah, like I could actually afford it. Like unlike when I was like 15 and earning $5 an hour or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Mariah Carey with Honey. Yeah. I don't think... Like I'm sure when I when we listen to this... Yeah. I'll be like... I'll be like Oh yeah, of course it's that song. But I, I couldn't. Think you would have like, heard it definitely. But yeah, yeah you'll see. <laughs> it's just, yeah, well, let's have a listen, honey. Awesome.
with honey so that was that was um i thought yeah it wasn't as it wasn't as recognizable as what i thought it would be so why that song like was there like um, you said sorry know. something about your friend yeah i don't know it was just the first song of mariah carey's that came to my mind to be honest okay. um i it's not a particular reason why i picked that song over others it was definitely from like the period of time when i was hanging out with her so that's yeah but yeah yeah no really no real reason <laughs> it is what it is that's cool that i like it yeah. um okay so you you we you t- we touched on it before when you yeah. turned 13 you um you stopped moving you moved back from morocco yeah yeah so we moved back to sydney and i um I like stayed in one high school from then till I finished high school, which was amazing. What, where was that? <laughs> it was like the first time in my life I'd like actually stayed in a school for a period of time. Uh, it was Walkley's High. Okay. Yeah, because we like lived around there, so it was like a couple of blocks from our house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I guess I I started going to shows like as soon as not as soon as we moved there, but like not long after and. Yeah. Um, that's like kind of when I started to get really into music and um, so what was, the, what was the trigger for you getting into music then I don't know I probably should have thought about this I don't know um, I don't know I think it was just I th- I'd always been interested in music I'd always been interested in anything creative yeah and I think it was like a really good outlet especially as like an angsty teen and yeah yeah I don't know I just like I I just really, like, I went to, I think the first show I went to was Custard and Eskimo Joe. That's so good. And, That's yeah, so good. Where was that at? Was that, uh, like, an all-age show? Obviously, it was an all-age show It was an all-age show. I have a feeling. It doesn't sound right, but I have a feeling it was at the Roundhouse. But that seems so huge. I, like, I feel like that can't be right because that was such a big venue. But Custard would, like, Custard had... Yeah, they had like an album that got regularly played on Triple M. 
like they they definitely crossed over from like it was definitely at the height of their career i reckon or maybe not the height but like you know near there um yeah that was the first show i went to and i I had a lot of fun like i really enjoyed it and like since then i just for the rest of my high school years i basically just tried to go to as many shows as possible and listen to as many different things as possible and that's kind of how i found most music like Oh, that and like secondhand. I was always had a. I always like shopping in secondhand stores, and I'd find CDs in secondhand stores. And if the cover, like I guess being an illustrator again, like visuals were like, you know, interesting to me. So if I found a cover of something that I liked, I would just buy it and give it a listen. And if I liked it, then I actually yeah. still do this. But I only like uh, when I was in America, not last year, but the year before. I went through all the like the bargain bins and like tried to find all the hand screen printed vinyl and took it home like if it was like if it was under three dollars I'd take it home and like I found some good stuff that way <laughs> things that I would never otherwise hear when when you're saying bargain bit like what kind of music was it like it didn't matter the music it was more about the aesthetic oh it was all like weird experimental stuff like it wasn't something I would normally listen to but I still enjoyed it but I guess like if you're going to hand screen print all your covers and stuff then you're probably going to be a little different but yeah, like I just liked, I liked a lot of different stuff, and um, that's actually how I found out about Less Than Jake, which were probably like one of my favorite bands in high school. And I bought Losing Streak. What an album! From uh, right, <laughs> I bought that from a um, cash converters. Uh, I found it and I was like, oh, like I think I've heard this name before. I'm like, I'm gonna, I like the cover art. I'm gonna take it home, and like I fell in love with it. The cover like, art is fantastic. Cover. Yeah, I really liked it. Like, yeah, it's great. And, like, it's just an, I, I enjoy anything that's illustrated or painted, like, you know, that's had, like, some hand-done effort into it. Yeah. That's not the best way of wording it, but, yeah. So it's, when you went to Vaucluse, when you went to, yeah, Vaucluse High, did yeah. you know people there or did you just hit the ground running not knowing um, a style or? I knew some people because there were some people that went to um, – like when I was in Sydney and I went to primary school, there were some people that had gone to I'd gone to primary school with, so I did know people yeah. at that school. Uh, but I don't know. I think moving around a lot teaches you to just sort of be quite friendly and open with people. Yeah. So like I made friends with pretty much everyone. Like well, at least I tried to, and I don't know. Like just yeah, I just make friends with anyone that wanted to have a chat. Pretty much. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. what kind of got you into what got you like? What got you into that kind of music? Like, I mean, I guess you're kind of limited with choice when you when you list like when your first show is Custard and Eskimo Joe. But like, yeah, what got you into alternate music as opposed to you know hip hop or something? Well, yeah, that's, I was like thinking like um, all not all but majority of the people that I went to school with listened to like hip hop, R and B, like um, rap, like all of that kind of stuff, yeah. and like I. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to listen to. Like I own I owned a bunch of TLC CDs, good. but very good. Other than that, <laughs> it wasn't quite my thing. Um, I actually worked for them a couple of years ago. I made a shirt for them. It was pretty exciting. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did like two or three shirts for a tour, like three years ago. Oh no, it would be longer than that because I I was in germany at the time and i was traveling around and i drew it in a hostel and the hostel was in 
uh, Cologne. So like that would have been four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but this is like we're gonna obviously we're gonna touch on this way later down the track because yeah. from from what I can gather, making art is your bread and butter. Like it's not a it's not a side thing you do. It's like no, no, no it's full time. Yeah. yeah, it's full time. So yeah. How do you? How does that process work? And again, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But how does the process work? Of yeah. like, do you sub, like? Because I was looking at um, on your website. There's a whole bunch of like fucking massive bands you've done artwork for. And so, do you approach them, or do they kind of get you at all? I have. I don't know. I've just been really lucky, and people find out about me. It's just like pretty much all just like word of mouth or they've seen a poster and they've liked it. Like, so I did a bunch of work for Pennywise and it was cause, um, oh, the drummer, I can't remember Byron. his name. Oh, no, no, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh no, hold on. No, you, uh, you're probably right. I'm probably not, it's probably not the drummer, <laughs> but one of the guys in Pennywise really liked my artwork that I did for another band and saw it somewhere and contacted their management to ask who did it. What band was that? And then their management, Sorry? Oh, it was Wilhelm Scream. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, um, their management told them it was me and so they contacted me and then I ended up doing, like, I think, like, five posters for them or something. Um, but, yeah, and that was cool because, like, I loved Pennywise when I was in high school. Yeah. I kind of got over them at some point, but, like, I loved it. And it was great because I went to – after I did the first job for them, I was in – I was in Europe again and I was visiting some friends and there was a festival that they were playing um, in the town that I was going to be in anyway to visit one of my like close German friends. And um, I asked if I could get door spots for it and they gave me like these VIP passes and we were drinking like Pennywise's Rider and stuff and like partying and yeah, yeah, it was just crazy. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. Okay, so what shows, what were some standout shows when you were kind of, well, when you were underage that you went to? Like, was there any that you're like, oh, God, I'm glad. Oh, man, it's really hard because, like, I went to so many shows. Like, I would try to go to, like, at minimum one show a week. Yeah. So I was going to, like, probably two shows a week, three shows sometimes. And, like, I was, a, like, a teen and going everywhere on public transport and, like, I didn't care about it how long it took. I don't know. I guess being a teenager, you have all the time in the world, but yeah. So like I was going to shows like all over Sydney and just like anything that came up, like I didn't really mind so much what the genre was, but I guess punk was probably most of what the shows that I went to, which is kind of weird. Cause like what I listened to at home was it, there was a lot of punk, but there was a lot of like indie music and like a lot of like, um, Brit pop and, um a lot of the like um like riot girl stuff yeah. and things like that but like there weren't as many shows that i knew about especially for like under 18s that yeah especially all age shows yeah yeah, yeah definitely. Like many shows for stuff like that so most of what i saw were punk bands but like i guess like i love jebediah like so much oh, yeah. like, <laughs> um, i would yeah. i think they're the band i saw the most as a teenager okay. and like i just love them yeah um and magic dirt i really like them um i go to a lot of their shows like a lot of australian stuff i guess but like i went to a lot of like smaller shows like i went to like a lot of like armpit dad and like wonderless shore and like girls jams yep. things like that yep. like i went that's to a lot like, of- that's like classic 2000s like early 2000s yeah. those three bands yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Like that was, I went to, and they, they all did all ages shows as well, which was like the best part of it. Cause I guess they knew that they had a younger audience and yeah, it was great for me. Um, whereas like a lot of the other bands that toured, they didn't do so much of that. Yeah, correct. And then like, I liked, like, I liked a lot of, um, like I really liked a band called Mola who, uh, band, yeah? I think they're from Melbourne. Yeah, sorry? Australian band. Yeah. Yeah, they're Australian. Yeah, I really liked them a lot. And a band called Skullcore, I don't know if you yeah, remember them. Yeah, yeah Olga from yep. Sydney. Um, and like Nidacris, I yes, love Nidacris. Nidacris as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, so like a lot of like Australian stuff that was definitely like high up in like the shows that I went to. But I went, I saw a lot of other bands. I, um, I don't know, I was like... I'm trying to think of shows that so, I went to. Okay, so what about yeah. getting music? Were you were you buying it or were you part of like um did you kind of sneak into the I, like did you miss buying music and like because Napster was around or what's the story? No, I like never got into online yeah. stuff. Like oh not until um I guess like my high school boyfriend, but it was like the end of high school kind of showed me all yeah. that stuff. But until then I just like yeah. bought CDs and I but I bought most of my CDs from secondhand stores because I was on a budget yeah. being yeah. like earning Fun five dollars an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so I like bought most of my stuff from secondhand stores, but I like I did have some sort of online um connections. Like I I don't even know who I met, how I met people, but I had like, like, I guess instead of like pen pals, I had email pals, but they were just like people from different parts of like Australia. Like I was friends with this guy from Brisbane, his name I don't even know now. Um, I think there was someone from Adelaide and like there were some people from Sydney as well that would just like email each other back and forth and most of it was about music and about like bands that they knew of and so like I found out about Brisbane bands and like you know like bands from different cities because of these email pals um, which I don't, I don't know if that was a thing that Brisbane did. <laughs> How were you meeting these people but like what was the catalyst to get the ball rolling to get? Uh, that's the remember i must have been through i feel like it was through um uh oh, what do you call them um like on a band's website they have oh, like chat groups on their yeah, website i do know exactly what you're talking about yeah you know what? yeah i don't know what they're called though but like through that kind of thing and you like write a message and then someone might post something like eight hours later and then you'll get like a note of, like you'll get an email sign that someone's responded and then you go back to it oh just so just like a message board kind yeah of thing. like a message board yeah exactly that's, that's exactly what the word i was like um yeah i think that's how i met a lot of people and it's actually funny because my friend one of my best friends in high school Chantel, she made a friend through the veruca salt chat board as you do yeah, as this girl Imogen, who I am still really good friends with. Well, maybe not really good, but like still friends with today. And yeah, like I, I think it's really funny. Like this was when we were fourteen or something, and yeah, and I'm still friends with her now. But it wasn't even my connection; it was my that's, friend's connection. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you cast a pretty wide net for music. Don't list. Don't list off what you're going to pick. Talk about what you didn't pick but could have picked. What I could have picked. Um, okay, so what I well, I was thinking about picking a Mola song because I they were 
Um, they were a band I really enjoyed. And um, I don't know, like I was really into Britpop for a while and I loved pulp. So I would have considered picking a pulp song. But then I also liked a lot of punk stuff. Like I love Less Than Jake and like um, Lagwagon. Less Than Jake always had fantastic artwork. Like didn't like. Oh, yeah. I really liked, uh, what's the one where the guy's diving into the pool? Hello, Rock For You. Yeah, I love that artwork. That's like very much up my alley. Yeah, I love that artwork. It's really good. It's a fit. Yeah, it's a cracking up. At the Warp Tour, they played, um, which I'm going to say it was 99, but I could be completely wrong. Whatever Warp Tour it was that they played, yeah. they had, they threw out into the crowd instead of like big balls that people would hit around, like big, you know, big beach balls. Yeah. They threw out inflated versions of that guy diving into the pool. Oh, that's amazing. I, oh, I'm going to have to Google this later and like see that. People were hitting him around and stuff, and I saw it coming to me. Yeah. Instead of hitting it, I just reached up and grabbed it and then deflated it and put it in my backpack because I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> and then, like, I blew it. And I spoke everybody's fun. And I was like, I'm keeping this fucking thing. <laughs> but you have such a great souvenir. <laughs> yeah. I actually have, um, it was, again, like, my first boyfriend bought me this but for for Christmas, I think, or maybe for my birthday, I can't remember. He bought me like a less than Jake cereal box because they were like one of my favorite bands in school. And like, it's like this cereal box with um, the less than Jake kid on the front. And it's like all made up like a like a cereal. And inside there's uh, five, seven inches, all in pastel with like etchings on them. They're really pretty and they're different. Um, I actually have never listened to them. I don't know why I've never listened to them. And I have them here with me in Melbourne, so I don't know why I've never listened to them. Um, and they had like a bobblehead of the skull guy and a T-shirt and a pin. And I looked up on eBay, uh, like, was it eBay? Yeah, I think it was eBay. I looked up online to see how much it was worth. And it's worth like a lot of money now, but I'm never going to sell it because I love it. But, yeah, <laughs> it was like a good, good yeah. high school memory. No, that, that, that Lesson Jake stuff, it's kind of – it it was worth a lot when it was happening because yeah. they did they went mental with their merch. Like I had a friend who um had a pizza had the pizza box yeah like a less than Jake's screen pizza. Do I say it again? No, I don't know about that, but I feel like it'd be really similar to the to the um, cereal box. See, okay, so what song did you end up going with? Uh, I ended up going with um, Magic Dirt. Cool. Rabbit with. Bang. I know this song. I feel it was a single. It was a single, yeah. I, I don't know if it has a film clip because I was trying to decide between this and she Riff and she Riff has a film clip where it's like um, Picnic at Hanging Rock but they did like a, their own like three-minute version of it. Um, but I don't know if this one has a film clip. If it does, I don't know if I've seen it. Awesome. Let's, let's check it out then.
So this might sound really naive of me, but I feel like they were way ahead of their time. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. Like they, they – I feel like they were – I don't know. I don't know. They were really they were quite experimental and I don't think they got credit for being so experimental. I think people just kind of lumped in them in this sort of like indie Aussie band along with like, you know, a lot of the other ones. But Yeah. But that they didn't that didn't have that kind of catchiness that like a Jebediah or a, um or a custard had kind of thing. Yeah, because they don't have the same pop sort of sensibilities that Jebediah or something has or like yeah. Regurgitator or Spire Bay, like all those bands, like they had this sort of like pop, like overtone and Magic Dirt didn't have that until you get up to like, oh, like Dirty Jeans, I think that's what it's called. Like until you get up to like that era, they didn't mm. really have that pop side. They were just sort of had this more sort of grunge experimental thing going on. And yeah, I really liked it. I, like I it was different to like a lot of the other stuff I listened to when I was younger, and oh, so different, yeah, yeah. It was really interesting. If they like again, my opinion isn't worth shit, but I just have this like I think you know, hypothetically, if they were to release, if they were like a new band, they'd be like in today's day and age, they'd be fucking massive. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think they would do really well, like like right now or even like five years ago, like as they were when like I was a teenager. But yeah, the music's amazing. And just like the, the the sounds of it, like the sound of the guitars and especially the bass, it's really, really abrasive. But nowadays like you can find like, you know, look at this, look at the stoner rock stuff that's really, really popular. Like if you play it, it'll find the audience kind of thing. Like, where back then they would have had to fight for their audience. Nowadays, it'll just, yeah, their audience will find it really easily, which I guess is a good thing. But yeah, cool. Okay, rocking jam. Um, so watching a whole lot of different bands, but you live in Melbourne now. So when did you move to Melbourne? Um, just over a year ago. So December twenty sixteen. So okay. So so you didn't move that long ago. But when you were living in Vaucluse, when you were living in Vaucluse, yeah. Um you know, that's really close to the city anyhow. Did you kind of move out to get even closer or were you like, well, this this works, I'll stay here? I lived in Erskineville okay. for five years um, and that was really good. That's sort of when I – because um, I always listened to, like, a lot of, like, punk music and stuff like that. And um, when I actually moved to Erskineville, I started making friends with a lot of people that made the music that I liked. And that's kind of how, like, my job started because I started just doing stuff for friends' bands and then it just progressed from there. Do you remember the first thing you did for someone that, like, got either printed on a shirt or artwork or poster? So I'm pretty sure, I thought about this earlier today and I was trying to remember, I'm pretty sure the first, like, CD I ever designed was an Easy Company CD. Oh, wow, okay. The Gibbon Brothers. Yeah, exactly, the Gibbons. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So did you just know those guys from going to shows? Um, I knew them through friends. We were friends with all the same people. Um, so I guess like we go to the same things and yeah, like I also went to their shows and stuff and yeah, I guess like, and that's like how I met a lot of people when I first started and now it's a bit different, but like back then, like that's how I got most of my job was jobs was just from, going to shows and meeting people and being like, oh, like, this is what I do for a living if you ever, like, need anything, like, just, like, in-person advertisements because I was never really good at, I guess, promoting myself outside of that. Like, I always felt a bit uncomfortable, but, yeah. (laughs) 
but even that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> were, were people coming to you with ideas or you just kind of were like, I know your band, I get what you do, let me do something? It was a bit of both. Like sometimes it would be someone coming with an idea and like, can you draw this? And I kind of like that because I do like getting at least some direction. Sometimes it's pretty crazy, but I guess being an illustrator, you can create any scene that someone thinks of. Like, I guess that's the whole point of illustration. Um, but then, yeah, sometimes it was just like, do whatever you want. Like, here's, here's what we sound like yeah. if I didn't know them already. And um, this is the theme of the album or the theme of the song or whatever and just see what you come up with. Um, Yeah, so it's like kind of a bit of both and it's still like that these days. Sometimes some jobs I get like a very, very like like precise brief of everything I need to include but then sometimes I just get a like we don't care, just this is what it's called, just draw whatever you want. (laughs) Okay, so you did, you did, I was looking at your website, you did one for Soundgarden. Did there's that big explanation that goes along with it? Yeah. Oh, so that's like, um, so not really, but like, so we, um, this guy from Melbourne, when, this is when I was living in Sydney still, but this guy from Melbourne contacted me and was like, oh, would you be interested in doing some art together? And this guy's name's Mark Vanderbeek and he's a designer as well. He's very talented. Um, and so I think we, I think it started because I got given a, I got asked to do a t-shirt for a film festival, um, the French film festival. No, I don't know. I can't remember. Some film festival and in Sydney and I did this shirt and they asked if I wanted to do the poster and the programs. And I said, I didn't have time, but they asked if I could recommend anyone. And I recommended him for the poster and so um that's how we became friends I think he added me on Facebook after that and um yeah and he asked if I wanted to do some work together and we decided like we wanted to do like the limited edition screen prints that you get like it's more of an American thing I guess but each show for bigger bands they have like a screen print at each show that's different like I love and hate the idea of this I love it like, don't get me wrong. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Like, I will buy it so bad. But then it's, but then it's like that awkward thing. We're like, well, now I'm going to see the band, and I got this poster, and like, I, you know, it gets awkward. But yeah, okay. But it's, it's, they're amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we decided we want to see that, and he kind of, um, he went and did all the things that I should probably do in my own business and like contacted people and tried to uh, find people that wanted to hire us. And that Soundgarden poster would have been one of our first, I think. I'm not sure if it was the first, but it was definitely one of the first. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it was definitely one of the first three, but I feel like it, it was actually, no, I feel like it was either first or second. I can't remember, but yeah, I really liked that poster a lot and it was amazing. Like, I'd come from working with like, I don't know, like the punk bands that I love, but then working for Soundgarden, it's like a whole different level. And I don't know, it's like, it was fun. Although I still kind of like working with 
you know, the punk bands I love. <laughs> but yeah. Was that a case of like open slather or like here's some guidelines kind of thing? Um, no, we just, they just said, oh, we're doing like a 20th anniversary tour of the. Um, Super Unknown? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and so, like, uh, on the poster, it's a wolf, like, with four heads because, like, on the cover of that album, it's, like, the head sort of shaking back and forth and it kind okay. of looks yeah. like multiple heads. And then, um, like, in the background, it, the I think there's, like, upside-down trees or something, so we did upside-down trees in the poster. Just kind of tried to reference the CD cover without being obvious about it, just t- kind of taking, like, subtle little things and doing it our own way. Yeah, it was that was really fun. Yeah, and it was really nice working with someone else because I've been working by myself for so long. <laughs> but yeah, that was good. So when you say you're working with someone else, how do you like it's it's a big well yeah there's a lot of work gone into it. Do like who has the final say of kind of who puts who's the final person to put pen to paper hypothetically? Um, we both do. I think. Like it's it's a really shared process. We both sort of come up with ideas and decide like we'll both present them to either present them to the band or just decide between the two of us, which idea we think would be more appropriate. Um, and like, I don't know. I think like, I think Mark probably has better ideas cause he's got like the kind of bands he work for. He's probably got a better connection to that sort of music. Um, like we've done like stuff for like, uh, machine head and clutch and anthrax anthrax yeah like a lot of these bands i don't really listen to that stuff so but yeah so like he is that's more his sort of music so i feel like he definitely has the better ideas for that kind of stuff so like it's normally his idea that we go with and then we just kind of go back and forth um send each other the file back and forth and just make changes to it as we go along and then at the end, it's like, it's kind of like, oh, like, I feel like it's pretty much done. Do you want to make some final changes? And then the other person will be like, oh, like, either like, no, nah, it's pretty good. I'll leave it. Or I'll make a couple of small tweaks or just like, oh, I want to completely redo it, which is not that often, but it has happened. <laughs> but yeah, like we're two different people, so it's going to happen. But like, I think, I think the work we do together is great. And I really enjoy working with someone else. So that's nice. Um, I'm sure it'd be fantastic to have someone someone to bounce stuff off. Yeah, it is really good, and someone that like I guess really understands the job because his um, his full time job is basically the same as mine, just like freelancing for bands that he likes. Like it's his in the kind of a different scene, but he basically has the same job as me, just for different music. Um, so like it's yeah, it's nice to have someone that really knows what they're talking about. Sort of be like oh, like, we need to move this over here or this is great as it is or, you know, whatever the feedback is. But, yeah. Okay. So you, um, you're now going to overage shows and that kind of thing, moving out of home from Vaucluse into inner city. What yeah. what was happening this time of your life? Like, were you still yeah. working the the, rec- the video shop or? Um, no. Uh, at this point, I – where was I working? I – Actually, no, I got a, a job at um, an animation place for a little while and um, I we made uh, videos for, like, I think the main clients were ABC TV and we did their, like, 
video like advertisements for their magazines but like animated advertisements for their magazine um oh that um Australian movie company I can't remember what they're called now but it's like one of the most like famous ones um we did like the DVD intros because this when this is when DVDs were still a thing we're still selling yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we animated their DVD intros uh and then I think Ford was like another one of our big customers and we made ads for them uh yeah we did like a lot of weird animation stuff that was like a really fun job but I like I didn't do a lot of animation there, but I did learn about animation and that was really fun. Um, and then after that, I started working for Breville. Oh no, I had a few jobs in between, but they were just like random design jobs. Uh, nothing that great. And then yeah, I guess my first job in an actual agency was a company whose um, main client was Breville. Yep. And I really like, I like love food and I'm really into cooking and that kind of stuff. So I, in, I really wanted to work there because they had a, they had a, we had two warehouses and they were just across from each other. And the other warehouse had a test kitchen where they would test recipes on each Breville machine. And so they like come around with food all the time. It was so good. <laughs> and just everybody in the office was really into food because most of our clients were related. So we'd like all get like, we'd go out to have like fancy lunches and stuff and I don't know, like it was it was a fun place to work. I didn't really enjoy the work itself that much. It was a bit boring, but I liked the work environment. But yeah, just the work itself was a bit sort of cut and paste, like this is what how something has it was all I guess it was like a commercial agency, so it's like these are the rules of what you have to do and you have to have this three millimeters away from that and this like an inch from that. And yeah, it was a bit tedious, but and then after that, I worked for a merch company in, yeah, that was really good. That's where I, um, that's how I got the TLC job because after I left there, I moved to Germany for a year and when I was leaving, that's the reason why I left that job was because I was moving to Germany and they were like, oh, we still want to hire you even if you're not here, if you can do a job every now and then. And so that was like how I got that job. Um but yeah, like I really liked working there. I worked there for like probably two years and it was like a 10 minute bike ride from my house, which was really handy. <laughs> but the job was like right up my alley. Cause at that point I was already like working like almost full time doing the stuff that I did, like doing band stuff. And the job was for like one to three days a week. So it was kind of perfect um, for what I was doing it and it was in the same field and but I was just working for different kinds of bands like we did really random stuff like we did like a lot of stuff for like triple j bands um but then we did like things for, like Jackson 5 and um like oh, I'm trying to think we did like really weird really weird random bands sometimes as like oh we did David Duchovny stuff <laughs> no wait not David Duchovny David Hasselhoff that's who I was thinking of yes okay, even cooler. yeah <laughs> we did David Hasselhoff like twice I think <laughs> I think we made mugs and it had like the mugs had like a heart on them that said like I heart Hasselhoff or something like that yeah <laughs> so so was this if was this like in reality was just like your final no not to call it a desk job but was this your final like job before you just took flight yeah like I after that I just went completely freelance and haven't had a job since then um well like 
like I guess a job working with other people (laughs) but yeah that was my last job I did really enjoy it and like I'd probably if I would just guaranteed for it to only be one day a week I'd probably consider doing it again just for the just to be around people more than anything else work around people it would be kind of nice um but yeah like I really enjoyed that job (laughs) do you travel a lot I mean because you don't have a because you don't have office hours and that kind of thing does this like does this freelancing thing allow you to travel yeah. a fair bit and just take your work with you or is it kind of does it get hard to travel and do artwork I can work from anywhere as long as I have internet connection and I have my um because I draw everything using a Wacom tablet I actually have two Wacoms I have one that I keep at my desk and then one that I travel with which is like a bit smaller so it's like easier because like my computer screen at home is huge. So like I want something that fits the screen so it feels natural. But then when I'm on my laptop, I want something that's the same screen size as my laptop. So again, it feels quite natural. Like I'm drawing on. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I also, so I can like travel with it easily and it fits in my backpack. <laughs> nice and convenient. Okay, so let's talk about music. Um, you The jump from like you're in a pretty good position to be listening to cool music anyhow, listen to Magic Dirt and all that Aussie stuff. Did you like what came next after that um well okay so when I was like about 20 I think I kind of stopped listening to music a little bit I just I think that I had I think I was like oh maybe I'm like getting too old for punk and then I realized like a year later that that was idiotic (laughs) 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 at the time like maybe I should try other things or like you know just do something different and so I kind of just actually just stopped listening to music for a while there and then when I started getting back into it I started getting into like all the emo stuff but I think I was a bit behind everyone so I was like listening to like like cursive and bright eyes and like promise ring and minus the bear and like starting to get real estate and like these kinds of but I think I was like a little bit behind everyone else I think everyone else probably been listening to them for like a few years at that point um but yeah like I that's kind of what I got into when I like sort of started getting back into stuff what made you start there like um was it someone mentioning it or probably just like influence of friends I think like just like friends like talking about this music and I was like oh I'm gonna give it a listen and and this was like when like internet was more I guess like you could just like find stuff online a bit easier or at least I could like I'm sure everyone could earlier on but like it's easy for people that didn't use the internet much to find music and yeah so like I started like being able to hear these things and um and then after a little bit of that I kind of actually just went back to punk again and yeah like kept like listening to less than Jake and things like that and then started getting into like propaganda and um Lauren's Arms and like H2O like things that other people probably listened to in high school but I never quite heard like it never got exposed to me and yeah like so then I started listening to all of that kind of stuff and um yeah really getting into that as well and then like local bands like I really liked like Nation Blue and Midi's Crisis and like things like that and I don't know just like I'm like um yeah I don't know just I always like even I don't think I mentioned this but like in high school I listened to like a lot of like like female musicians like I love Tori Amos and like PJ Harvey and Juliana Hatfield and Liz Fair and things like that and like during my later years I I never stopped listening to that stuff like I still listen to it now but like it was always there yeah yeah it was always there as well so that was there too um I don't know like yeah just like a 
I still had a pretty like wide range of music that I liked. And like, I like some indie stuff as well. Like I really like Bob Potty um, and The Knife and like, I don't know, some other bands that like, I guess a bit more poppy and like upbeat and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. Kind of like my taste was still pretty broad and then also listening to a lot of friends bands play and um yeah it's like a bit of everything really <laughs> yeah no that's that's awesome that's unreal okay so picks what summed up that kind of time in your life okay so the song i'm gonna pick is pretty girls make graves okay. speakers push the air um it is probably my favorite song from that period of my life and it just like the second i heard this song i fell in love with it and I fell in love with the band and I've seen them like a million times since and every time I see them I just like fall more in love with them even though I don't really like the newer records that much because they started going a bit more indie and this is sort of more punk and upbeat um but yeah they started going more and more indie through for each record but like they're still really fun live but yeah so that's yeah pretty girls make graves speakers push the air have they, have they toured here or have you just happened to see them overseas a lot like they've toured here I think three times now well times when I was younger anyway I'm sure I would notice if they toured again I don't even know if they're still a band to be honest but yeah um yeah so I I saw them at like I think um oh what was that small pub I think it's like an Irish pub or something now it was like near Central Station oh it was not the Gaelic club the Gaelic Club, yeah, the Gaelic Club. I saw them there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah cool. That was a great venue. Yeah, it was. It was really good. <laughs> I can't think of I went and saw someone. I must have said Henry Rollins did a spoken Henry Rollins did a spoken word there. And and it was really disheartening going into because like it had a really, really big, nice open area downstairs. And then they literally just shut up half of it and threw pokies in there. I was like, oh, this is really bad. So, yeah. Oh, that's so depressing. Sydney is terrible. Like, they do that so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sad. There's some st- – I heard some stupid statistic that, like, New South Wales has – I think it was, like, 17% of pokies in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I heard that same statistic recently as well. I think it was, like, a few months ago. I was so shocked. Well, shocked and not shocked. Like, I was like, oh, that's so sad. And like shocked in the way that I was so depressed by it. But then I was like, oh, not surprising because I don't see them as much anywhere else in Australia or anywhere else in the world. So like, like if I'm just thinking of Australia, like there's not as much anywhere else. And like and Sydney has most, um, most in Australia as well. I think it was like a similar percentage just in Australia as well as just in the world. Yeah. Okay. Pretty Girls Make Graves, Speaker Pushes Air. Let's listen.
like loud and catchy and sort of fun. It just has like this urgency to it. If that makes sense, without like I, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that song especially, and like that whole album yeah. as well. It's all like that. There is like this urgency to it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like it's and that would only be more, I guess, magnified live. Yeah, they're really energetic live. Um, they're a bit like as the as the years went on, they got a saxophone player and like all this and all this other stuff. They kind of they got like, a sax player. Yeah, and they just kept adding to the band. I actually really like saxophone. I know everyone yeah. hates it, but I really like it. So I wasn't offended, but I know some other people I know were really offended by the it's saxophone. Just such a random instrument <laughs> to drop into a band like that. I know, but they did change though. They, their music style started getting softer and softer as they went along. And so it didn't, this is the only album that sounds like this. And this is the only album I'd probably still listen to. This is probably the only album I really listened to that much to begin with, but I just like, I love it so much. It's like one of my favorite albums ever. You said you, you like, how do you don't market yourself? You were say, you, you kind of find it difficult to market yourself. I've been really lucky because I don't I, I don't really want to do that kind of stuff and I've been really lucky that people um, have been like really receptive to like what I do and share it with their friends and like I don't know I try to be as easy to work with as possible there's probably definitely been times when I haven't been but I try to be more majority of the time like really easy to work with so that like I don't know like it's easy for someone to go oh you should work with her or I don't know yeah well especially in this especially in this like um I guess especially in that industry but as well as like this subculture word of mouth means everything yeah it's small like it's such a small community and the more I travel the more I realize how small it is like I make friends overseas and they know people I know from Australia and they know people I know from, they actually know people I don't even know from my own city and things like that. Like they're in the same and that's kind of weird as well, but all people I've heard of. and Yeah. They're, they're around. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, everyone knows each other. So you don't want to, you don't want to, I guess like get a bad reputation for being an asshole or something. <laughs> yeah. That's the last thing anyone needs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, what do you get most excited about? Like a, a, a T-shirt, a poster, or like a full artwork, like for an album? Um, it would probably be a T-shirt. I Like album artwork probably seems like the thing I should say because it's, it's very – but it's just really personal a lot of the time and it's very – album artwork's the one thing that is usually about – of the band completely and it's like really um it's supposed to represent the album itself and the music itself and or as a t-shirt you can have a bit of fun with it and you do want to represent the band obviously but like you can have a bit more fun with it and I can put a bit more of my own influence in it and it's also like a kind of a quicker job like album artwork you know you can spend months like working on something i can imagine there's a whole lot of touring and from with an album art with album artwork yeah definitely i mean like whereas a t-shirt it's like just like draw whatever you want and i'll draw something and they'll be like okay great we'll use it and like maybe there'll be like one small change and which also makes it more fun but like it's just like this idea of like i could draw anything i wanted to and the the band well not every band but like some bands are going to be receptive to it like any idea i can think of they're probably going to be like yeah all 
all right, we'll use that. <laughs> Someone's going to buy it. <laughs> I like, I like that. It's fun. My thought with artwork from a being in a musician's, like the musician's side of the, I guess the, not the transactions, not the word I want to use, but like the conversation. I always used to look at artwork and just go, you're going to do like, like the only time I've been associated with you is with an artwork thing would be I played on Isaac's, um, Isaac Graham's Glorious Momentum album. But like whenever I dealt with someone in a more, like in a, in a band band situation, whenever someone to show me artwork, I'd just be like, look, it's better than anything I could ever do. So yeah, the answer is yes. Like, like <laughs> because I can't, I can't draw. Like I'm not, I don't, that's not what I do. So yeah, like if that's what you're cool with, then that, let's stick with that. Yeah. I was going to say, like, a lot of people that I work with have that same kind of attitude. It's just like, like, yeah, like, you're going to be doing a better job than I could, so I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, very easy to work for. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about classic album artwork then. I, oh, okay. Oh, this is going to be hard. <laughs> I feel like I should I should be more um, knowledgeable about this, but I actually, like, might have a hard time thinking of, like, what I think is, like, really good artwork on album covers. Like, I think of, like, Nirvana's Nevermind and, like, that's, like, a really classic-looking album cover and the art's awesome. But would it, if it wasn't Nirvana, would I find it as awesome? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Okay, so let me ask a different question then. What's some artwork you've seen, and it can be really, really old or, like, released last week, where you've looked at the artwork and gone, and it can be a shirt or a poster or whatever, and just gone, that's so fucking good. I wish I had done that. Oh, that happens like every day. <laughs> You're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it mostly happens with posters, and I'm probably not going to be able to remember a little bit because, um, like, every time I see a poster, I'm like, oh, damn, that's good. <laughs> um, uh, album artwork. Oh. I don't know. I like, I'm like have, drawing a blank. I can't think of like anything that ever got released ever. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just like anything with illustration in it, to be honest. Like I get a bit bored of like photography and I feel really bad for saying that. Cause like there's a lot of amazing photographers out there, but I just get a bit, a bit bored with like photography. And it just seems like the easy way to go these days. Um, or maybe not so much at the moment. I think illustration's making a bit of a comeback, but I don't know if I'm just saying that because I'm an illustrator. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, um, it's it seems like with photography, with well, not to generalize, but it's it seems like people people aren't looking for for what to do to suit what they're doing. It's more of like a well, you're this kind of band, so you need this kind of like you're a you're a youth crew hardcore band, so you need a live shot, or you're a metal band, so we need to put you in this kind of aesthetic. Like, yeah, exactly. No, I, that's exactly it. Like, it's just, um, yeah, it's like really sort of categorized, and um, yeah, like I, I I want something to sort of, I guess grab me and not just look like every other band that in that category yeah yeah you look at it and go oh of course that's what you did yeah exactly yeah. it feels like the easy way out like your fans are probably if the fans are probably going to love it though to be fair and they're probably going to be like oh that looks like something i would enjoy oh and i'd complain if they did something different yeah <laughs> yeah true <laughs> um but I, I 
actually, thinking of album covers, like I always like the holes live through this cover. Um, and that's actually a photograph as well. But I just think that the imagery uh, suits the band and it suits the album and it says exactly what it needs to say in one picture. And I like that. Um, I don't know. I like to, um, just thinking of other bands from like when I was like in high school that I liked the artwork of and uh like the smashing pumpkins uh melancholy that album artwork that was nice was kind of pretty i just bought uh gish on vinyl and they just re-released a bunch of the smashing pumpkin stuff and they've got like these really pretty metallic covers and i love the gish is like purple and metallic and it just looks it looks so good <laughs> i'm a sucker for like metallic <laughs> did they re-release all their discography or just Gish? No, I think it's just it's Gish, Siamese Dreams, and Melancholy. And I really want the Melancholy one, but it's like, I think it's like $150 or something. So it's going to be one of those things that I will yeah. eventually buy, but I might have to wait a little bit. Um, but I bought Gish when I was in America last year, and I got it for like a reasonable price. Um, and I think Siamese Dreams is also quite reasonably priced as well, but it was just Melancholy. Was like a bit insane. <laughs> oh, I mean, my boyfriend was just commenting like the other day about um, the new Iron Sheet cover, and we really liked that. And the singer of Iron Sheet drew it himself. And again, it's got the shiny aspect, it's got like some gold horns, and I think something else on there maybe the lettering or something is in gold as well. And it's just like the shading and coloring looks really nice. Cool. Okay. So let's talk music. Um, you again, like the last song was the pretty girls make graves. What kind of stuff sums you up now? Like, are you list- have you gone back and listened to old stuff like that you've kind of revisiting? Or? Um, I'm still, I feel like I'm still pretty broad. Like, I still like a lot of the stuff I listened to in high school. I still like a lot of the stuff that I listened to in my like early twenties, and my taste, like has changed but not massively like I still listen to like a lot of pop punk I still listen to a lot of sort of like riot girl stuff and like a lot of like emo stuff and um some like pop stuff as well like I like a bit of everything and that's never really changed um yeah so I don't know I'm still quite I have broad taste and I still love seeing like local bands play and uh, like I still go to like as many shows as I can. I probably don't go to as many as I used to, but it's not as easy to want to leave the house anymore. Yeah, you have a little antisocial as you get older. <laughs> and power to people who don't. Like power to people who still go to shows in yeah. their thirties every week. Yeah. Uh, I'm so impressed with people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally impressed by that. Um, but yeah, like I do go to less shows than I used to, but I still try and go to as many as I can and see as many bands as I can and but and like new bands as well. I try to expose myself to new stuff and it's kind of easy in my job because I'm always getting sent like even like it's not just like album art and posters from bands that are hiring me directly, but when I do posters, I get the lineup and I can see in the lineup like, oh, there's this band that I keep putting in a lineup and like they might be at the bottom but uh, this is like the third time I've seen that name I'm going to go listen to them because they must be 
yeah and so like I get exposed to like a lot of new music which is really nice yeah that's a really unique way to, to discover new bands like that's yeah. fantastic <laughs> oh this this band keeps popping up oh they used to be the openers and now they're mid-set mid kind of yeah yeah yeah, totally. Awesome. And like some bands kind of change place and like like overtake other bands because they start getting bigger and the other band doesn't really change. And yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> you get to track the progression of certain bands. <laughs> okay. So what what song did you pick? So uh, the song I picked is by Sheer Mag and it's called Nobody's Baby. And it's kind of um, uh, like... I don't know. I've seen them a few times like overseas and in Australia and they get put on a bill with like mostly hardcore bands and things that I went through a phase of liking, but I don't really like anymore. And, but they don't sound hardcore to me at all. Um, they sound kind of like old school and I love the singer's voice. Um, I don't know. Like it's just, it's different. And uh, ever since the first time I heard them, I'm just being like, absolutely obsessed with them i love them <laughs> so how did you come across them what, what's their story because uh, i used to live in upstate new york for a while and when i was living there a friend said uh he's like oh i'm going to the show you should come with us and it was this band and yeah so that was like the first time that i heard about them and i was i listened to it and i was like oh my god i'm in love <laughs> like the first like 10 seconds and i was like in love and i'm like yes yes let's go <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they came to australia last year and it was awesome it was really good as part like on their own or as part of some kind um, of traveling festival oh uh, they might have they might have been on a festival I yeah. can't remember, um, but I just saw them at I saw them at the Boldface Stag uh, with a bunch of other. Okay. People. Yeah, they were headlining though, and I had tickets to Melbourne, uh, the Melbourne show because I thought I was going to be in Melbourne when they toured, and that was at the Tote. Um, they were like toured with Tarana Man, if you know who they are, but they're also no. really awesome. They're Australian. Okay. Um, they're pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like. I don't know. It's just the the bands that I saw them with overseas were all like these like broy hardcore bands, but they're not in that vein at all. So I don't, like I've never quite got why they get keep getting put in that scenario. But yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm keen to hear it because I've never heard these guys before. So I'm keen oh. to hear. Okay, so before we wrap it up, um, how can people find you? Oh, um, so I guess the thing that the only thing that I actually update, the only thing that I really use is Instagram. And it's, uh, my username is Annie underscore Walter. And so it's pretty easy to remember. It's my name. (laughs) Not very creative. (laughs) Uh, and I don't know. I have a website, www.anniewalter.com. Again, not very creative. (laughs) Oh, and we just adopted a kitten. And we got it through Forever Friends, and they were awesome. So if anyone wants to adopt a cat or a dog, they have lots of cats and dogs, and it's called Forever Friends, and they're really thorough and just, yeah, I really appreciated how much they – I used to foster cats, and so, like, I really appreciated how much they cared about the animal and not just about the person wanting to adopt the animal. But, yeah. So do do they do fostering as well as adoption? 
yeah, you can foster through them. If you're interested in fostering, um, go onto their website and they have uh, foster options as well. Um, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. I'll put the links up um, everywhere. You. And That's awesome. Cool. Okay. Hey, Annie, thank you very much for being on it. I really appreciate it. And oh, it was my pleasure. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. All right, she mag, nobody's baby. Let's do it. Annie Walter, what a fantastic, what a fantastic human, fantastic artist. Um, I'll post links to all her social medias and whatnot, and the pet rescue website she mentioned. Um, if you're interested in that kind of thing, or pet fostering as well, um, I'm trying to keep a bit quiet because it's really late and Cody's asleep in the next room, and I don't want to wake him up because that would be shit ass. Thank you for listening. Um, 
thank you to Nicole, who again won't listen to this, but I'm just going to say it in here because I really do appreciate the fact that she lets me fuck around with this for a few hours every week. Um, sticking, trying to stick to the twice a month thing, so we're still on board, I guess. It's all happening. Um, hit us up on the socials, My Age Podcast, just don't know, search for it, we're on stuff, Instagrams and Facebooks and all that kind of thing, which look, if you listen to this you probably already do, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyhow, uh, Instagram and Facebook again, um, listen to the Just the Worst podcast, listen to the High Fives podcast, listen to the Oblivious Maximus podcast, um, there's heaps of cool shit out there, uh, I guess that's it, stay beautiful, and we shall do it all again in a couple of weeks. Kill. Knows that you've been faithful. I'll give or take a night or two. Everybody knows you've been discreet, but there were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody
That's how it goes.